Shock Trooper is electrifying action. It's the Coco Show, episode 36. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Coco Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. Today, Aaron, we're talking about Shock Trooper. We need a bit of woo Shock Trooper. See, I had to get it in, Boat. Tell me about the first time you ever saw Shock Treatment. Shock Treatment. It's funny. We were just talking about it before we went on uh, with the show. Shock Treatment was the spiritual successor to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, directed or written by Richard O'Brien and starring some of the returning cast uh, from the original, although Tim Curry was nowhere to be seen. How about uh, Susan Sarandon? Was Susan she in there? Sarandon, Brian Boss, they were gone, but they were mm-hmm. replaced. I will say a but young... None of the Rick- good people were in there. Well, no, that's not true. Uh, uh, Riff Raff, Magenta, the Columbia, they all came back. And also a young Rick Mayall was was in here was as that, well. Was he in Ghostbusters? You don't know who Rick Mayall is? Mm-mm. My God, you're going to get buried like, for that. I know who he, Nick Rahal is. Rick Rick Mayall was, uh, amongst the other things he's done, he was in. Uh, he was one of the young ones. He was Rick and mm-hmm. the young ones. Mm-hmm. He was also in a uh, a movie that I found hilarious, but I remember Cisco Niebert said it was the worst movie of the year, which was called Drop Dead Fred, where he played a uh, a, a lady's uh, invisible friend, you know, like her a childhood friend, right. but she never got rid that. of him. So he play, mm-hmm. he stuck around. Uh, but I'll, uh, Rick Mayall's great. He's done ton, tons and tons of uh, bottom and tons and tons of stuff. Anyway, I love Shock Treatment. Great, great movie. It has zero to do with Shock Trooper. Mm. Uh, but, not uh, even a little bit. No, not even a little bit. But I'm glad you brought it up, Boat. Mm. Well, I guess we should probably talk about Shock Trooper instead. You know what? You know what sh- would shock me? What's is that? if we didn't talk about our good buddy Frank. Let's have mm. a look. Okay. Are you ready to take the plunge into the exciting world of the Tandy Color have you tried emulation and found it to be confusing and unreliable? The hell is Bitbanger? It's time to get yourself a real Coco and get yourself over to RetroRewind.ca to get it out with everything you need to enter the Coco universe. The Coco SDC is the fastest, easiest way to jump into the nirvana that is gaming on the Tandy Color computer. A preloaded SD card is already included, so just pop it in your Coco and away you go. Pick up your Coco SDC at Retro Rewind and be sure to use the promo code AMIGOS10 to save 10% off the already low price. Thank you to RetroRewind.ca for sponsoring the Coco Show. This week we are looking at Shock Trooper, a uh, game for the uh, color computer and the Dragon uh, boat. This is a double mm-hmm. trouble here. Uh, released uh, in 1985 and developed by Mark Data Products. Uh, and actually programmed by a fellow named Rob Shaw. We'll get into him in a moment. And published by Microdeal Limited. We've Again, these are names we've seen more than a few times uh, over the years. Uh, this would run on a color computer 1, 2, or 3 with 32K of memory and had a tape and disc release and also supported the joystick. Um, the programmer was a fellow named Rob Shaw. 
I looked into what Rob had done. I, you know, I'll try to find, because some of the stuff's kind of hard to find when they did some real old, obscure stuff. The things I'm sure he was involved in uh, was Touch Tomb on the Coco, a game called Chopper Rescue on the Coco, Time Fighter on the Coco, and he was also involved in some capacity on Nuke, uh, Duke Nukem Advance. Which I really? believe is the GBA, yeah. Yeah, the I was GBA surprised. version, okay. And he also got some thanks and some, like, you know, smaller credits on a few other games. But those were the main, those were his main contributions as far as I could tell. Um, <clears throat> Shock Trooper, uh, in, in terms of a Coco release, is a, it's a, I would say this is a more advanced game. Uh, than what were the usual fare that we come across. Uh, what do you say, Boat? Graphically, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, if you if you uh, paid attention just a minute ago, that was the that was the stirring love theme from Shock <laughs> from Shock Trip. But actually, the sound on this is really. I thought it was really well, good. You know, it's funny when when I first uh, when I was first looking at this game, I always as I'm getting my materials together, I'll fire up a Let's Play video on YouTube just to see what we're up against. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> well said. And I, and I thought that uh, that somebody had edited that tune in. After the fact, I was like, "There's no way the Coco is making that music." But yes, but yes, yeah. This game, it, it's a it's a single screen. Well, it's a it's a uh, flip screen. I guess let's call it a shooting platformer. What's uh, the puzzler? It's a little bit. It's got it's a little mix of genres here. Um, so this has a backstory if if you care to hear it. Uh, the uh, the premise of the game is. Uh, is loosely based on the old TV show V. Did you ever watch the old V show, Boat? Does that uh, have something to do with V for Vendetta? The no. The Batman guys comic? <clears throat> this actually predates you, I think, uh, for the most part. There was NBC had a huge uh, uh, event back in when I was a kid, and it was it was called the V miniseries. Right? Okay. And V was about uh, these aliens that come to Earth, and they've got, they've got, they seem real cool and nice, everybody likes them, but secretly, they were not only super evil, but they were actually lizard people, like, oh. underneath humans, it was is real. That where, is that where the whole, like, reptoid, like, conspiracy theory came from? I don't think so, uh, but uh, 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 you never know. I remember distinctly there's this one very disgusting scene. I believe the leader of the V, the leader on Earth of the V people was this chick named Diana, if I recall. Mm. And there's a scene where she like eats like a guinea pig. I Ugh. mean, it was like, it was, and it was just like, you know, just opens your mouth, opens real wide, just, it just goes, Grr. I remember thinking about myself, oh, I was appalled. <laughs> yeah. I was more scared of that than I was anyone getting killed. And V uh, ended on a ha cliffhanger, sort of. And then. There was a second V miniseries, and that, as I recall, began the V television show. It was real popular back in the day. It's, you don't hear it, much about it now. It's really interesting to me that this thing was super popular. Yet, I mean, not all. I mean, obviously, I I haven't seen everything, but at least I've heard of a lot of stuff. But I've never even heard of that before. So it's sort yeah. of, I guess, it's been forgotten in recent years. So the the backstory, according to the docs uh, for Shock Trooper. Is it says, uh, uh, welcome, Shock Trooper Squad Commander. That's you. Our intelligence sources have intercepted a coded message that aliens are planning to conquer the Earth. Your mission is to infiltrate the alien base and destroy it. You must also escape with the parts of their new TRG 5 space saucer and return them to our scientists for analysis. Four highly trained Shock Troopers will be placed under your command 
uh, for this mission, each shock trooper is supplied with the latest in attack equipment, and it lists the equipment off. And your job is to go is to infiltrate this base uh, and and plant bombs in certain spots, grab certain things, and also you're going to come across other shock troopers that didn't make it. They've been captured, and so if you can pick them up, you can get some uh, you can get some scoring there. Uh, as I mentioned, it's sort of a flip screen uh, side screen. I would say this is. These are those uh, classic Tandy graphics, with you've got a, basically like a white background, and then the whole uh, the whole of the base is sort of what I would call bricked. I mean, mm -hmm. don't you say this look like like red bricks? Yep. And then uh, the uh, aliens themselves are kind of they have the blue and orange and black coloring, and your shock trooper looks pretty sharp in his black pants, kind of an orange orange vest. Vest that's good mm -hmm. and like a like a cool helmet. Yeah, he actually looks Blue pretty pretty good, helmet. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I thought he looked pretty okay in this. Everything about this game looks pretty okay. Like yeah, the I... the uh, the graphics are very detailed. They have that the, the your your typical cocoa coloring as you as you mentioned. There's yeah. a, a lot of a lot of orange and a lot of blue. But the uh, the as you move through these levels and you are destroying the guns and the uh, the things that make the walls, uh, all of those are extremely detailed. Uh, this game, of course, makes good use of the Coco's artifacting technology to produce uh, these the, these colors. I'm not sure if this would even what this would look like with RGB or if, you, if this is one of those games that you have to play through composite. This game, uh, it is a, it's a looker. I mean, like I said, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, it does look it, it, like a traditional Coco game. Now, it's not you. If you looked at this and without paying much attention, you think to yourself, "Okay, I got it. You guys got a gun. He runs through the levels and kills guys." It's actually more. There's a lot more to it than that. Not only does your guy have his uh, blaster rifle, and this rifle, which is actually called an electric gun. As he shoots it, you sort of hold down the button, and it be it comes out like a, a a continuous beam of electricity. It's actually a pretty cool looking, the way it kind of sizzles out of the gun. And so when you shoot it, you're literally you can see the whole beam staying in uh, in front of the gun up until the until you hit the target. It's actually yeah, pretty. Neat. I, I would say that that is the coolest graphical effect of the game. But there are many cool graphical effects. Uh, yeah. that watching the laser sort of grow organically out of the, 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 the barrel of your gun is a super neat effect. Yeah. Also, you're not just, and it's, thank God, finally a game where they give you so, another thing you can use. You've also got an Inviso device. Mm -hmm. And when you use this, and I'm going to read directly from the, uh, from the notes here, activated and deactivated by hitting the space bar, makes your man invisible and protects him from laser bolts, radiation particles, and zapoids use wisely it increases your radiation level rapidly and that and that's the lead-in to what i want to talk about which is the other interesting play mechanic here which is at the top of the screen we complete with a little radiation symbol is a meter uh it, it's about one two let's say one two three four five segments across and a line will go up and, and that's your exposure to radiation because as you're in the alien base here you're exposed to radiation, plus when you use your Inviso device, you're exposed to radiation. And if that thing reaches the top, you're done. So what's neat about this is a couple places sprinkled through the game are basically decontamination chambers you go in, and it will remove that radiation. So that's sort of an added play mechanic, so you can't just kind of sit around. you got to keep going. Um, as you go through the game, you're going to encounter... Uh, a lot of the a lot of things that you would expect, like laser guns, like boats, but you can also come across these shields. 
They look like wavy lines. And inevitably, there's a shield uh, operation device somewhere on the level that you got to destroy to get past those shields. Uh, you're also going to see uh, bad guys on some of the levels uh, in the terms of these little, like, oh, there's several different types, but the, the ones that I found most annoying are the little, like, almost look like little bees or something that come down, like mechanical bees. And they come down, and they don't have set patterns, but basically they sort of go, they sort of drift towards you or meander towards you. You can sort of manipulate which way they go, you know, uh, sort of like the barrels of Donkey Kong. You can sort of get them to go the way you want and then kind of go the other way. And that's sort of key in the game because those guys, if they touch you, uh, you're, a, you're a dead man. Um, there's a couple different symbols in the game. There's one, there's like an S with a, with a bolt through it, but there's another one that looks like, it's suspiciously like the Blue Oyster Cult symbol that appears <laughs> when you go through certain doors. I guess the aliens are down with the BOC boats, my guess. It isn't, man. Uh, that's a valid point there. Um, this game also features a pause. And also an interesting key, I was looking, because Curtis had made a, a mention on the Discord about uh, knowing what the, what the J key does. And then the, I don't know if, did you know about the J key in this? The J key gives you an extended jump, does it not? It, it move, if you hit, if you move the joystick slightly off center, so your shock trooper is facing the desired direction and hit J, it does give you some kind of, it gives you a, an, a, an interesting leap. Uh, the, uh, which is, it's odd that they would put that in there. I thought that was strange. Yeah, uh, I never made it far enough in the game to where I would need, I was able to use, I was able to traverse the levels without using that, so. So, with all that said, the way the game looks, the various obstacles you're going to come across, what'd you think of this thing, Boat? Well, I like this game. I'm going to come right out and say it. I like this game, and I'll tell you why. Um, the single-screen platformer has, has been around for a long time you know even by 1985 it had been around for a bit and what the designers of this game did was they said okay well we want to take this established genre and we want to add some things that really make it stand apart from the rest of the competition okay and so the first thing that they they did was that they designed they they made all of the different components of the game look really really nice you know, if, if you compare this game to, you know, other single screen platformers, like say something like your um, minor 2049 or something like that, where your enemies and your dude, they look pretty, uh, pretty blocky, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, this game looks, you know, it's, 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 it, everything looks, I don't want to say hand drawn, but I kind of do want to say hand drawn because they're very thin kind of spindly lines <laughs> that make up they're very detailed sprites and i know the coca doesn't have sprites so forgive me for for using that sort of parlance but um then the game introduces all of these other mechanics you know you've got your jump you've got your you've got your 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 firing but you're not just firing a gun you're firing the special spray weapon that has its own unique properties you know your gun can destroy other enemy bullets mid flight uh, the way that it, like I said, that it grows organically throughout the thing. And then it also introduces these puzzle elements. And it does it in such a way, it does it in an almost Nintendo sort of way, where it, it very gradually eases you through each different kind of obstacle in a very easy way at first. And then, you know, it starts to ramp up the difficulty before it introduces a, di a new different kind of obstacle. 
Um, you have uh, you have multiple objectives as you move through the levels. Sometimes you're just trying to get from the beginning to the end. Other times, you know, you have you have your other shock troopers that you need to rescue. There's a wide variety of enemies. All of the enemies, again, are incredibly well drawn. Um, you know, it was fitting that they uh, that they used a comic book or a sort of a comic strip type uh, graphic on the cover of this game. Because I think it totally fits in with sort of the very detailed graphical de depictions of these, you know, especially like the laser guns. They really look like the old sort of like 1930s sci-fi pulp. Buck Rogers. Yeah, Buck Flash Rogers stuff, kind, yeah. Kind, of, kind of stuff. That fits the game very, very well. Um, the only thing that I really don't like about this game, I really think that the radiation meter is sort of a cop-out. I think that they they didn't want the levels to be exactly the same. They didn't want you to be able to beat this game like you can beat Manic Miner, where the enemies always do the same thing at the same time. They wanted to introduce some randomness to the AI, and to compensate for that, instead of you know sort of being a more difficult task, which would be the, making the levels so you, where you could incorporate that and also make the levels passable by the, the player with a certain amount of combination of luck and skill. What they said was, you know, to combat this random element, we're going to give you a get out of jail free card, which is this radiation uh, invisibility. It, it essentially works like your, you know, your your shields in a game like Asteroids. Um, that's one thing where I think the game could have done better in terms of level design. But with all of the other things that this game has going for it, it's a minor quibble, and I, you know, and it definitely makes the game less frustrating because when the going gets tough, you just turn on that radiation. The radiation doesn't limit your ability to fire the gun. So when you fire your your laser, you see the laser just sort of grow out of nothing. You do have to keep track of your uh, positioning, of course, when you're invisible because you can't see yourself. So that adds some extra challenge as well. I like the fact that there are radiation decontamination tanks that you enter. That's a, that's a neat thematic element. So there's a lot to recommend about this game. This is this is. Really really going in my top the upper echelon of coco games that i've played you know there's even one of the elements of the game you have to do is actually uh plant bombs in certain spots and i like the way they handled it you go across the spot and your guy plants a bomb you don't do nothing that's the way right. that's how you do it you mm -hmm. can still have that puzzle but why make it uh, irritating right i think yes. this game this game lends itself to uh emulation and to uh uh, playing on the mystery because you can just set up all the stuff, all the little keyboard, the couple of little keyboard things, just set them up as buttons if you don't want yes. to be bothered with fooling with that. Same thing with the UFO parts. You know, you had it, the doc said you had to get the UFO parts. Simple. Whenever you decontaminate and get past the BOC thing, you get a part of the UFO. You don't have to do nothing. It just happens. That's what that's what I like. You yeah. can add those extra elements that had to make me have to do a bunch of crazy crap. Mm -hmm. uh, the everything in this has a score. This is a score based game, and so they've uh, they've assigned everything in the game uh, scoring, which is cool. Uh, so you can you can compete for a high score. It's even got a high score. Uh, it's even got a high score on the top of the screen, which is nice. I told you, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Brent this morning on ARG uh, about this game, and I was showing it to him. And I was like, "How did we? How did we miss this one? Because I don't have any recollection of playing this uh, back in the day." And this, I mean, this is what I was looking for, mm -hmm. uh, man. I mean, it's it's an adventure game. It's not short. I mean, you, it's multi. It's I mean, it's a. I didn't get. I don't know where the ending of this game is, but I didn't get to it. I can tell no. you that right now. Uh, I actually do. I like the. Uh, I like the element of the invisibility. I mean, like I said, it makes you pay for it. 
Uh, and I love the radi idea with the radiation. I think that's I think that's cool. It gives you a little more uh, pop pop in your step because you're you're trying not to die. Right. Uh, and also, it, it, the, the way they mix it in with getting the UFO part and going through the BOC door, I, I, it works. Yeah. I love the idea of rescuing troops. That's always cool, for, and you get points for them. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, I don't think. I mean, I always did, but I don't think you have to. But it's it's neat to, that uh, that they're there. Something we haven't mentioned is when your guy dies, he's got almost like a Dirk the Daring, where mm -hmm. he turns into a skeleton and he just sort of collapses. You didn't have to do that. But it's cool when you're, you know, the little devices that you have to shoot to control the electricity on the shields. They have little electrodes and power shooting back and forth. That's cool. You didn't have to do that either. The soldiers that are captured are in these like stasis chambers, and there's these like scan lines going up and down. I mean, it looks cool. They didn't have to do that, but they did. And when you do that kind of stuff, that means you care about what you're doing. That means you care about the game you're putting out, and you want it to look cool and with a little panache. And this game did it. You know, yeah. even the elevators glow in a very cool way when you move them. The gun looks cool. Someone sat down and made a cool game, you know, and I, I, I'm going to give the guy credit. This is a cool game that I really enjoyed, plus the added bonus of the cool tune. You know, I think it's. I think this is a winner, uh, Boatster. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and we were not alone in our thoughts about Shock Trooper. Uh, we got some Discord reviews uh, from our community. As always, if you would like to uh, post a review for us to read on the air, all you have to do is visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show, and uh, you can join up and uh, be part of the team, part of the review team. So here we go. We're going to start things off with C64J. He says, overall, I liked this game. The theme music was good, but the game sounds were average. You needed some strategy to beat each level, which keeps the game interesting. I thought the graphics were good for the Coco. I used my deluxe joystick, which worked well on the Coco 3. The gameplay was fun, and I would recommend 7.5 out of 10. Mm. Exile in Paradise writes, A go-to fun game from then, still fun now. The opening screen with its subtle, is this red or blue boot? I never understood then what was up. Just reset until it's right and let the music play. Compared to the beeps I could make from basic, that music was great. Mm. Obviously some other game that had V stuff smacked onto it. It was close enough to imagine it was a V game. Mastering the cloak and the weapon without baking yourself crispy took some time. But then, screen by screen, you unlock the path forward to free your friends, steal the tech, and watch that rad gauge, the radiation gauge, hoping for that sweet decontamination chamber in time. 8 out of 10 for me. Only things that ever bothered me, the only thing that ever really bothered me was the game didn't quite feel like the TV show story. And sometimes the controls to turn, fire, step onto, or off of lifts sometimes hang up and get you killed. Great That's game, true. though, Stowe. Still play it pretty often. Canadian Retro Things writes, This was not a game I knew about when it was released. I discovered it about two years ago and now play it on a regular basis. I was hooked as soon as I heard the opening music. The gameplay is hard enough to keep it interesting, but not frustrating. The fact that it is tied into one of my favorite sci-fi shows of the 80s, V, only adds to my enjoyment of it. I do recommend reading the instructions so you know the special keys on the keyboard that are needed to get very far in the game. I play on real hardware, a Coco 3 with a deluxe joystick. If you have not tried it, I recommend you do. 8.5 out of 10. Very good. And you know, no, we're oh, not. Sorry. We're still rolling, man. Really, the shock, I'm trooper, the shock trooper reviews are fast and furious this week. Keep them coming. 
Jocko 6502 says someone was clearly watching a lot of V for visitors when they wrote this game. The tune and a basic story borrowed from the TV show, and that's where the connection ends. I really wanted to like this game. Sure, it's simplistic and it starts out fun enough, but it gets to a point where luck more than skill comes into play. The enemy detection is not great. Anything in your general vicinity killing you outright. I found a couple of little glitches, like Shock Trooper kept returning to the facing left, so shooting your radiation gun was a bit difficult. Although this might be because I was playing with a digital joystick on FPGA. Even using the cheat version, it was a tough, a tough cookie. Sadly, the game beat me into submission when I reached the level after the second checkpoint. It was bouncing bullets, random flying robots, and glitchy elevator controls. If you have managed to beat this one, then I salute you. A good game that slightly misses the mark for me. 6 out of 10. And finally, L. Curtis Boyle. All hail. Says... One of my favorites of the later Coco 1 and 2 games. It was well presented, nice detailed graphics, and the Star Trek movie franchise font for its title screen. Four voice sound that wasn't the plain organ music of most games, but actually added some vibrato to make it more interesting. Inspired by both the popular V TV show and the author Robert Shaw's previous game, Tut's Tomb, it is a multi-screen quest to pick up the sh secret shrinking spaceship components while rescuing fellow humans while avoiding both still and moving opponents, some firing. You fire a ranged flamethrower-like weapon that fires further as you hold down the fire button, but the longer you fire, the more radiation the player absorbs. Too much and you die. There are flashing floors that are dead zones where you can't fire, reflective plates that opponent shots bounce off of, several roving robots, some you can kill, others you push away with your flamethrower, etc. Parts of the game would be far too difficult if it wasn't for your Inviso device. You become invisible and imperious to shots, but can still move and fire. Use sparingly. It spikes up your radiation levels even faster than your gun. Each time you get a spaceship component, you get decontaminated, which resets your radiation back to zero. The controls are a little janky by today's standards, but we got used to them back then with a deluxe joystick's adjustable centering. You could even set the default of which direction you want your player to face when you let it auto-center. This game would have benefited from a two-button joystick, but those didn't work on a Coco until the Coco 3. The J jump button is hard to get to during the heat of battle. Thankfully, the large target of the spacebar for the Inviso on-off is pretty easy to hit without looking. Back in the day, this would have been a 9 out of 10, minus 1, because it's pretty difficult. Nowadays, 8.5 out of 10, because the controls could be made better. And that's going to do good. it. I did have a, believe it or not, there was a magazine review of this. Hmm. Uh, a, a German magazine, ASM, took a look at it, and they gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Kind of slammed it. Hmm. Uh, my, my friends over at Ice People had a look at this. Now, he mentioned that he had had some trouble emulating this. And this is back in the day. But he still enjoyed it enough to give it a B plus, uh, with the possibility of actually giving it an A when he could get a little bit further into it without the uh, anything crashing. I think this is a, a real winner, uh, boat, and I, this is one I'm definitely going to go back to. Uh, I think uh, Mr. Shaw did an excellent uh, job on this, and uh, this might be a sleeper for some folks out there that have never heard of it like me. And I thought I'd heard of most of the big games, but this one is a real surprise, boat. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, we leave Shock Trooper, and we give a uh, warm uh, a round of applause to the Coco Game Selection Committee. These are the guys that choose all the games we play, and they are the real pillars of the Coco community. Big Tandy thank you to Canadian Retro Things, L. Curtis Boyle, Robert Murphy, and Steve Rasmussen. Thank you. 
If you want to support the show, again, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the Coco Show. We have a goal. If we can get to $200 a month in support, we will make the Coco Show a weekly show. So if you'd like to see that happen, head on over there. You can join the cast of our supporters like Graham W. Vebke, Buttons, and William Becker. Um, if you like our shows, you want to hear more, you can check out our show about the Amiga. It's called Amigos. Our Sinclair, an American take on the ZX Spectrum. The Atari ST Show, 1200XL, and ARG Presents, where Aaron and the Brent spin the wheel and make the deal. Mm. All of these shows can be found on the Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel or at anchor.fm slash Amigos Podcast. Aaron, what are we going to be playing next week? Let's give it a whirl, though, Charlie. Oh, my. It's the Interbank Incident Boat. The Interbank Incident. Wow. Very good. I actually own this boxed version of this game. So cool. It should be fun. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you as, as always for listening and or watching. We will see you for the Interbank Incident next time. And until then, all hail. El Curtis Boyle. Home. Home.